Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Victoria, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 17th. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, We Agnostics, beginning at page 46, the first full paragraph, Yes, We of Agnostic Temperament. Today's readers are, in the order that they will be reading, Michelle, Judy B., Sharon, Carol P., and Fran. The share number for yesterday's meeting, Tuesday, October 16th, is 3175. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anne-Marie to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. Phyllis, would you please read our 12 traditions? I'd be happy to. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lois, and I am a recovered 
compulsive overeater, and I'm very grateful for that. So that I am going to read the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our, con- our, excuse me, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting our groups, our groups, OA as a whole. Wait a minute, excuse me. In matters affecting our groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, Um, prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Number seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Number eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but may create uh, service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our our public relations policy is based upon attraction rather than promotion. We, we need always re- maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, or other public media of communication. Number 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever remaining, ever, ever remaining, ever reminding us Excuse me, to uh, place principles above personalities. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Lois. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. B, our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does suggest that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, 
then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, Chapter 4, We Agnostics. On page 46, the first full paragraph, beginning with, Yes, we of agnostic temperament. Michelle, would you read that first paragraph, uh, the first full paragraph on page 46, please? Yes, thanks, Victoria. Good morning. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Michelle, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So the first sentence starts off saying that, um, yes, we were of agnostic temperament too. We had these same thoughts as you and same experiences. Um, so what kind of thoughts? Well, at the top of the page it says the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. So if I have that kind of thinking, um, then I'm going to rely on self. And that was self-reliance there, um, which I found to be a roadblock. That, um, you know, I had that kind of thinking and experience, it says. So what kind of experience did they have? What kind of experience has I, have I had? Well, I found in talking with others, that, um, and especially looking at myself, I had experiences that somehow I had felt let down. Um, people in the church that I had had expectations of to be role models, um, in my mind, had let me down. And so, therefore, you know, I connected that with faith and with God. And um, I had shared with other people in program that um, who were recovered that they'd had similar experiences. Or maybe my experience was that I was looking to a God to be like a Santa Claus, that I wanted things and I asked for them and I didn't receive them. So therefore, I just negated the whole idea that there was a God, that the God, that God really cared about me. And so in sharing these experiences and ideas and thoughts with other people who've had the same kind of thinking and experiences, uh, they're there to reassure me. That's the next sentence. Let, they're hastening. They say, let me make haste to reassure you. Um, well, what does that mean? They want to give me hope that they've had the same thoughts and experiences, but this 